Hi, I'm Becky. And I'm Haley. And this is How to Not Get Killed. What's up? What's up? I'm still dancing. Oh, what's up? I know. (laughs) We're going. I've got, guys, you probably saw it in our stories by now. I'm using a mug at Haley's house called, well, it says on it, it's got a little rooster and it says, sometimes you just got to say cluck it and walk away. And I haven't stopped laughing about it. <laughs> I love like a good like punny. It's, it's funny because it wasn't even like, I knew you would find it punny, but I, I gave you that mug because I was like, do you want a big mug for your coffee? Because yeah. I know you like big mugs for, for your coffee. I like, and you like big mugs and I cannot <laughs> lie. <laughs> and you like small mugs for your tea and I'm the opposite. Yes. I like big mugs for my tea and small mugs weird, for my coffee. Weird. Um, and that's why I gave it to you. And then you were like, oh my God, this is so funny. <laughs> you like weren't expecting that reaction. <laughs> but I'm it's glad a good that mug. you love it. I love it. I'm stealing it. You can. Wow. Haley's over here just like busting the mic around, punching it. <laughs> no, that was the camera that I swatted. <laughs> I was like, everything is perfect because we're recording this one on video. Oh, Hi. yeah. Hello. Hello. And I was like, everything is perfect. And then I just <laughs> smashed it. She literally it. kicked like, it, like fell literally on the ground. ran into it. Had and I'm to like, go buy a new phone. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it happens. Well, so something I wrote in my notes is this is our last episode before 50. I know, guys. What the fuck? Oh, my gosh. We're about to be in our 50s. We're in our 50s. Do you want to quit? (laughs) Can you imagine? 49, that's it. That's it. It's a nice round number. (laughs) (laughs) That's just crazy. That would be absurd. Yeah. I'm I'm sure by the time. There would be an uproar. Yeah. (laughs) There'd be people with pitchforks. Death threats. Yeah. I mean, I already get those, don't you? No, my Instagram got hacked. <laughs> You're the one sending the death threats. I'm the threats. one sending the death threats, yeah. It's not me, though, guys. Oh, my God. Uh, yeah, I think that's the only note I have for today. By the time this airs, I'm sure we'll have some kind of, like, celebration for 50. Yeah. Like a giveaway or something fun. Something. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Something good. We'll figure it out. Or maybe we've already figured it out. by the time this airs this is our problem with time and (laughs) time (laughs) timelines we're like we don't know i guess by the time we air this and we try to like predict the future and it's like we can't do that no and i always why do we think that we can do that and the thing is is like i'll like make promises too that i'm like i know i'm not going to be able to deliver (laughs) i know it why am i you've heard it here first guys why am i whenever becky promises something just no. She won't deliver. Well, here's the thing is I'll, I make a lot of promises. <laughs> I do deliver. Just sometimes um, it takes a really long time. Yeah. And yeah, I yeah. forget. <laughs> a lot. A we lot. forget. Yeah. So I didn't even actually write down my recap in my notes. Okay. So we're just going to fly by the seat of my shorts over here. So help me out here. Part one, we covered Michelle's history, mm-hmm. her horrible upbringing. We covered Ariel's history mm-hmm. and being a lump of shit nothing changes Mm -hmm. um and then we covered her capture yes that was all a part one yeah okay part two we covered her first couple of nights with ariel and like the first couple of experiences we covered um, amanda's capture Mm -hmm. and gina's capture and then we stopped at the grandson coming upstairs and screaming yes yeah and then what did we cover in part three? We should really remember this one because we just recorded yesterday and I've already forgotten. You, We basically covered the... Oh, God. Like, Amanda's pregnancy. Yes. And then the period of time when they were in the van for like yes. five days. I don't know if that was before or after Amanda no, got pregnant. That was before. 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 Yes. Um, you said that they've gained a bit more freedom. Oh, that yes. they're allowed yes. to walk around the house a bit yes. when Ariel's home. Yeah. Only... When Ariel's home. Yes. And we covered the birth, the birth, which Michelle helped deliver Jocelyn, which is Amanda's child. And resuscitated her. And resuscitated her, yeah. Which yes. is fucking, yeah. Yeah, I know. I still can't believe that. I That's know. why I had to put that in. I'm like, also don't forget that she <laughs> just forget. like worked a miracle. <laughs> that she literally <laughs> saves human beings. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then. And then how you ended it. Oh, I left, I left it at a cliffhanger that like, surprise guys, nothing 
happened with that hole. She obviously, there was probably some intention behind the hole, like that she was the digging the backyard. Grave like yes. hole that she was yeah. required to dig. It was definitely human body size, but thankfully nothing ever got used with this hole or that hole never got used. Let me rephrase that. Okay. I just wanted to leave you guys on that, but it's like in her book and it's the last like page before moving on to the good stuff, mm -hmm. which we're going to get into. This is this episode, although there's bumps in it, I'm sure naturally. and not fun yeah. stuff, but this is the happy ending. I've been waiting for everyone to get to. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is why you endured and suffered. Yeah. For weeks. Yeah, I mean, you know what? My my suffering was not nearly as bad as theirs, but fucking jumping into this headspace sucked. So I cannot imagine. Mm -hmm. I don't. Yeah, Jesus Christ! All right, Becky's <laughs> done. She's I'm just like do part four. She's like, you know you what? Know that's what? it. I'm done. You guys don't even get to hear the good news. All right, <clears throat> so yeah, it's like springtime. She just finished helping Ariel dig his garden, <laughs> and and I believe because you know I like years. This was spring of. 2013 2013 correct okay yeah so and she was abducted michelle was first in august in 20 2002 2002 yeah so it's been like 11 12 for her i think 11 years 11 2002 to 2013 yeah that would be a oh uh, yeah i guess no 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 that would be just under 11 years okay because august of 2013 would yeah. be 11 years for her okay okay makes yeah. sense <clears throat> so on the morning of may 6th 2013 michelle slowly woke up and saw that gina was already awake remember they like shared a room mm -hmm. they talked a little bit they were both uh they both like started drawing in some of the journals that ariel had like given them just like their regular morning small talk that they were able to have on a daily basis they both had heard jocelyn like running up and down the stairs because like jocelyn was allowed to like run around in the door like areas where the doors weren't like locked and stuff like mm -hmm. she's allowed to be free mm -hmm. free-ish in air quotes because yeah. she's just as much a prisoner <laughs> she's a prisoner she's just not as aware of it yeah yeah um so she's like running up and down the stairs saying like daddy daddy stuff just like generally having like fun um then jocelyn opened the door to amanda's room and said hi mommy and left and like michelle can hear through the walls and everything michelle thought this was strange because the bedroom doors were the ones that always stayed locked so michelle especially like if ariel was home like and they it was time for them to be in their rooms like jocelyn would be free but the rooms would still be locked yeah they had heard ariel leave and like michelle wasn't aware of a van we'll get back there but okay so michelle's thinking like that's strange because like the bedroom doors are locked but she just like walked in and out so michelle heard jocelyn leave the room again and like continue playing in the hall she's like okay Gina had asked Michelle if they could listen to some music. So Gina turned on the radio. Michelle wrote how they were like listening to You Should Let Me Love You by Neo. I know. Oh. I know that like hit me like in the gut. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that song brings back so many memories. I know. Like I feel like it puts you it in like really a, orients me in like time. time. I know. Yes. That's why when I read Whoa. it, I was like, that this is where I was at this time that this was happening to these women. Like it really places you in the same universe. Wow. It's yeah weird how like music can do something like that yeah but they kept it really quiet this time just in case if ariel like was around um because it was a black singer neo so oh, they like had right. to keep it quiet but they both like loved the song she even writes in it how like it's one of her favorite songs yeah it's a fucking good song it's a yeah, banger it's a great song <laughs> um jocelyn had come running back up the stairs and went back to amanda and said daddy went to mama's house which was ariel's mother's house jocelyn had met ariel's mother a few times I don't know what it was that he told um, his mom who she was. I, it must have been the story of like, oh, this is just like one of my girlfriend's kids. Because mm -hmm. like he would tell neighbors that this is his granddaughter. Different stories for everybody. <clears throat> so Michelle for a second thought that this could just be their chance. Like this is it. But also was like, this is almost definitely another test. Like there's there's no knowing. So she she's even noted in the documentary and in her book as saying like, she looks to Gina's like, what if today was the day we got out? And they were both like, oh, my God. Like, imagine. Like, this happened often where they would, like, mm -hmm. hear him leave and then be like, today's our day. You know? Like, hope, right? There were times he would tell Jocelyn that he'll be gone all day to see if any of them would try and leave when he was really just downstairs waiting. Right. To see if they would, like, try to open the door or get out somehow. 
And then he would like this part, like even reading it, I was just like, oh, that's like extra creepy. Like he would like slowly just like stick his head through their door and say, I just wanted to see if I could trust you. Oh my god! So like after a while, he would just like poke his head in and be like his gross, creepy self. And isn't this like so such a good example of why you hear stories like this and and then people do gain this sort of freedom because Mm -hmm. they've been held captive for so long and their captor is like, yeah, you can walk around the house because I know that I've manipulated you and scared you so much into not leaving even if I'm not there. Mm -hmm. And people are like, but why wouldn't they just run outside? And it's like, because they've done this. Yeah. And they're thinking he's not gone yeah he's probably waiting around the corner he's probably in the car he's probably out on the porch or around any corner that i look and he's gonna kill me exactly yeah exactly and that's why people don't leave yes and oh and the when when i finally get to colleen stan's case which we're covering that one's just as fucking insane i need to take a break yeah yeah (laughs) i would would also (laughs) prefer that you take a break but (laughs) but like that's a very incredible like also example mm-hmm. of like mm-hmm. i mean colleen at certain points was able to see her family mm-hmm. and not say what was happening to her yeah that's yeah how, like, i know we'll get there because it's like it's mind-blowing how like the human brain can yes. work and yeah anyways so she's yeah he would like those are things he would do just like i just wanted to see if i can trust you so in this moment she thought this time it was just another trap like Plus, Gina and Michelle didn't hear his van pull back up, so they weren't going to try anything. Like, they thought, like, his van's either still outside or, like, we haven't heard him arrive home or leave. Like, we're not sure his whereabouts right now. Okay. Like, usually if they heard, like, him coming back, they'll, like, no. Like, okay, he's back kind of thing. But neither of them were sure what was happening. So, things had seemed to kind of carry on throughout the morning, just, like, hanging out. Michelle could overhear Amanda and Jocelyn, like, playing around in the room next door after Jocelyn said that Ariel was out. While Michelle and Gina were, like, minding their own business um, in their room, Michelle was drawing, like, different flowers and stuff, and Gina was flipping through the radio, dancing to different music quietly, and they were just, like, having a morning. After a couple minutes, she had heard Jocelyn run up the stairs again and back into Amanda's room, but a minute later, she heard the door open again, but this time, instead, two footsteps went down the stairs, not just Jocelyn's. Like, two sets of footsteps. Okay. Which was out of the norm. Mm -hmm. So she's thinking, somebody has exited that room. Like, I didn't hear anybody come up with Jocelyn. Yeah. One one set of footsteps came up and two went down. Yes. So... Here, I'm going to pause Michelle's story, and I'm going to talk about Amanda's part. And then we'll meet back up with Gina and Michelle in a minute. So we're flipping perspectives. So what had happened was Jocelyn ran back up the second time, went into the room, and said to Amanda, Daddy's nowhere. I can't find Daddy. So now Amanda's thinking, this might be one of the tests. She's in the same boat. She just doesn't really have Gina to flip ideas off of. Yeah. So she's like, but maybe not. This might actually be my chance. Maybe this isn't Tess. She's like racing. Her thoughts are going crazy. She thought, if I'm going to try, it has to be right now. Like, it has to happen right now. Might not get another chance. So she peeped out and she like looked everywhere and did her scan. She didn't see Ariel anywhere. So she just like ran downstairs to the main floor, Mm -hmm. did another scan, didn't see him. Um, She just like had her head on swivel the whole time because – he could pop out yeah. at any time oh and i gosh, can't even yeah. imagine i'd be the diarrheal fear, like yeah i would oh your heart yeah. would be racing I, this is a sh- fucking feisty as hell because I, I probably wouldn't have even chanced it i i don't think i would have like it's yeah. just yeah the courage like so she saw that the front door was like still like wired shut but like open like unlocked like she could get through it kind of thing mm-hmm. but just beyond that there was like a storm door that was padlocked shut and like had like a chain on it so she was able to like get the main door you know how like you have like your main door and then yeah the storm door out front what do you mean like the glass door with like the screen oh yes oh yeah yeah yeah. like it's like the second door yes yeah called it's called a storm door but i I I never really knew that either and i had to like put it in (laughs) i think i think my parents always just call it a screen door even though it's not a screen it's like glass (laughs) i've always called it a screen door too but like all my research said storm door and i was Mm -hmm. like okay fine i'll say what 
probably because that other actually people makes know. sense. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's just we know screen door. I know the fucking screen door. But if okay. you say screen, people are gonna be like, oh, just kick through the screen. Yeah. So it's actually it's glass. Like it's like glass it's and has like, like the metal part on the bottom, yes. like the panel. Yeah. I'll. I think I might have shared a picture of it already, or if not by this time, I will share one because I've got some. So she's like, okay, I can get this door open, but the other one's locked and just like beyond the storm door that was padlocked so she just started like banging on the window mm-hmm. and like yelling out to people on the street and like trying to get their attention just like oh my gosh fucking wow. wailing yeah this is where charles ramsey shows up the neighbor that i've mentioned a few times um i won't like go too crazy into his side of things just like if you want to like be entertained as hell and hear his perspective because he's a fucking storyteller um watch the documentary or even just google his name because okay. like he tells the story great like and he's just the way he says it is like comedic relief yeah because he's just like i could save this girl right here or i could eat my mcdonald's i know my mcdonald's but i don't know this girl what do i do like because he like yeah. was faced with in his head this like ethical dilemma of like do i yeah. enjoy my breakfast or do i you know we know mcdonald's person? doesn't have a shelf life of longer <laughs> yeah. than 50 seconds yeah. so. <laughs> honestly but still sponsor us mcdonald's so. <laughs> oh man so yeah just please watch the documentary so anyways he's outside and he hears this kerfuffle going on and he sees amanda banging on the window and she's looking out making eye contact with people like across so he's like mm-hmm. here she is he's next he's to here, the house yeah. and she's trying to get like these people yeah so he like walks up to the people and he's like what's going on here and they're like oh some girl wants to get out of that house and he's like um okay and then so he just like walks up to the window because he's like well you're just staring at this girl <laughs> pounding on the window yeah, like maybe you should go talk to do something about it like shut her up because it's like a neighborhood where they're like okay she's making too much noise like shush yeah you know they're not really thinking anything crazy yet so he just walks up to the window and asks her what her problem is <laughs> like like he's just like what's your problem like, yeah what's going on, what's like, going on? Like, you have to hear it from his voice i'm making it sound insane <laughs> no it's but, okay <laughs> And she's like, I need to get out of here. And he's like, okay, well, then, like, go on, get out. Like, do it. Get out. And then she's like, well, I can't. Like, the door is chained shut. Like, look. And she's, like, pointing. Like, yeah. the door is, like, locked from, like, not on the outside, but, like, it's not going to be easy it's, for me to a, get it's out. Cha- this is, it's literally chained yeah, shut. Yeah. If, if I could just get out, I'd open that fucking door. <laughs> yeah. like, so Charles, like, helps her. And, like, there was, like, a gap that they were able to, like, squeeze a bit out. So, like... He's pulling out the door, and I think um, this is when Amanda, like, kicked it open enough that she could, like, slip her body out. Okay. So Charles helps her out, and then Amanda's pulling out Jocelyn behind her, and he's like, whoa, 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 what's this little girl? Because he's like, I'm not about to steal a kid here. Right. And that's that's a fair thought, thinking, like, oh, I look like the abductor right mm-hmm. now. Like, mm-hmm. I look like someone who's come in here, and I'm trying to steal people. Mm-hmm. So he's like, what is this? I'm not about to steal this kid here. Like, and that's that's Ariel's granddaughter. Like, I've seen her. Yeah. Like, I know Ariel, that's that's his granddaughter. Yeah. So Amanda keeps, like, trying to pull at her, and he's she's like, it's fine, I'm her mother, I'm her mother. And this is when Charles is, like, starting to get confused. Because he's oh, just like... You would be, yeah. You would you be look confused. very young, like, yeah. uh, you know. And so he's getting confused, and he's like, that's supposed to be Ariel's granddaughter. And then Amanda's saying, I'm Amanda Berry, I'm Amanda Berry, call the police. And he's still like... It's not clicking because yeah. it's just like, e- even in that moment, like you would, it wouldn't just like all flood to you. No, like, of course take not. And it's also been a really long time since it has she was been. taken. It's, been it's not like, like it happened yesterday. It's been like well over nine years at this point. Yeah. Like, so <clears throat> she's like yelling that. So Charles gets his phone out and dials it and just like hands it to a man. And he's like, here, just do what you need to do. Call like, cause she's like, call yeah. the police, call the police. Um, so this is Amanda's transcript of like how the phone call went down. It was like pretty brief and quick. Um, Cleveland 911, what do you need? Hello, police. Help me. I'm Amanda Barry. Do you need police, fire, ambulance? I need police. Okay, what's going on there? I've been kidnapped and I've been missing for 10 years and I'm here now. I'm free now. Hello? Yes, talk to the police when they get there. And then they dispatched and they like, Charles had also called. His transcript's hilarious. It's very funny. He's like, I don't know, some lady here screaming about, and he like gets her name all wrong and everything. So you got to listen to that, search that one. But so that was the brief. She confirmed that the like police were being sent on the way and stayed on the line with her. Don't worry. I know some ambulance communicators are going to be like, oh, did they stay on the line? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) So the police received like a dispatch call, like the officers on duty. And the person is saying, I have a contact on the phone that says she's Amanda Berry and has been missing for 10 years. They gave the address, so police sped on over to Seymour Ave, where the call was placed. They drive up, and Amanda's like, 
adjacent to the house, like at the neighbors. I think it was like 2210 Seymour Ave and they're in 2207. Okay. So she's like out on the street and they, so they run up and Amanda's holding Jocelyn. This is like probably the image you saw that like, she's just like outside holding her. And they're like, are there any more people inside the house? She's like, yes, there's two more girls. So the two officers went in looking. One of them named Anthony es uh, Espada. He's in the documentary as well. He gets very emotional in the documentary and it's like really like heart touching because I think he was like on like the actual like initial search team for for Amanda. Amanda. I believe Amanda, not Gina or maybe both. Or maybe both, yeah. But I'm pretty sure for Amanda because he's like yeah he gets very emotional about it and it's just like it's i always that's the thing i love about documentaries is seeing like the people who had like a direct yeah hand in it and like yeah. see them have it come to closure so yeah back to gina and michelle mm -hmm. this is yes yeah back to them we're getting back to their side so amanda's outside with jocelyn and I'm wondering, like, I, like how how long this has been, like, since they heard the footsteps. Yeah. And probably would have heard Amanda screaming. I don't know if they would have. They didn't. They didn't? Really. Okay. Yeah. The, I'm going to get to it, but mm. it was, like, about a 15-minute window. Mm -hmm. So after hearing the two steps of footsteps going down the stairs, she just thought that maybe Ariel had sent Jocelyn up to get Amanda. Okay. And, like, allowed Amanda to come downstairs. Yeah, okay. But then after about 15 minutes, there just wasn't any voices. Yeah. Like there was no sound, nothing. It was just like quiet. So Michelle was starting to get confused. Like, okay, well, if jo like Jocelyn brought Amanda downstairs, normally we would hear him talking to Amanda or we'd hear like, you know, some assault happening. Like we would hear something. Mm -hmm. So they're like, okay. So Michelle and Gina turned the radio off so they could hear better what was going on downstairs. And they're thinking like, did he take her somewhere? Like what's going on? Because now it sounds like no one's downstairs. Yeah. And they're confused. And then, they assumed that, like that he was still there somehow, right? Yeah, that he was either still there or he had like removed them from the home, which yeah. for Gina and Michelle would be scary. Like, yeah. where are they going? Like, yeah. is he going to kill them? Like, is that what this hole was for? Like, yeah. things are running yeah. through their head. Yeah. Then they heard a loud pounding on the front door, like banging and stuff. Michelle said it sounded like someone was trying to break into the house. Mm -hmm. um, then they heard like a loud slamming sound, like a crashing of like what we know is a door but like like they kicking were just in like, the door kind yes. of thing yeah so this was like the police breaking down the door mm -hmm. but they don't know that so they ran and hid michelle hid behind this like radiator and gina initially behind um like a dresser they were kind of like cornered together i'll try and find a picture of the room um they're both thinking that this is like a bad neighborhood like we've said in all the episodes and somebody yeah. has broken in and now after all of this shit this is how they're gonna go down yeah they were petrified oh my god like petrified they like michelle kept saying like i can't believe i've just spent like so many years in captivity being like raped and assaulted and tortured day after day and then what some like thugs are just gonna come in here and blow my head off just for being here like yeah. so they were horrified and hiding like they heard like slow heavy footsteps of like people like looking around so michelle gets up turns off the light and squeezes in behind gina and they're like curled up behind the dresser holding each other just Aww. terrified and then they heard a woman's voice calling out saying police police but michelle whispered anyone can say that that's to gina she's like anyone true. can say that yeah this true. is a trick because Aww. he's done tests like that yeah, before where he's yeah. been like police and then like the you know they get punished if they look out in the hall yeah so she's like this is going like I'm going to go in the other room because like they she could like scoot through the door to get to like Amanda's room and like hide a little better, I guess. There was like a connecting door between oh, there. Oh, okay. Yeah, but they weren't like they never shared a room. It was just like there. Okay. I think it was like forbidden if they like went. Went through it. Okay. Yeah. Um, but they're realizing right now that most of the doors were unlocked. Because mm -hmm. they finally realized their door was unlocked. When she went to go turn off the lights, her door was open. Oh. And it wasn't usually. Yeah. So they're like, okay, this is fucking weird. Like, we need to hide. Like, our doors are open. This is some kind of fucked up test. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't go kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So she goes and, uh, like, scooted through to the other room and, like, crouched down um, behind, like, this other dresser type thing. But Gina didn't follow. Gina stayed put in that other spot. She wasn't sure if, like, Gina had heard her say, like, I'm going over here. Like, she, she wasn't mm -hmm. sure. So they just kind of, like, separated for a moment. 
And then seconds later, the footsteps came into Amanda's room where Michelle was now hiding. Yeah. Um, from where she was crouched, she could like look through this like little crack and see two sets of black boots. And then the same woman's voice said, is anyone in here? So Michelle like scanned up to try and get like a really good look of like who this person is. And she said as soon as she saw that they were both wearing blue uniforms and she could see their shining badges and she saw like the one was a woman, she flew out from hiding and like flung herself into the officer's arms mm. and hang on for like dear life <sighs> and just kept saying, please never let me go. Oh my gosh. And then after that, the officer in the documentary quotes Michelle, like what she said right away after saying, like, please never let me go. Um, she said, my name is Michelle Knight. I'm 31 years old and I've been here for 12 years. You've saved us. And he like broke down after saying that. because Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So then Gina slowly pokes her head out to see and they kept telling they kept telling her that they were police officers and they had her repeat her name twice. Like, who are you? Like trying to confirm. Because, like, they were like, okay, yeah, we've got Amanda Barry outside. This must be Gina DeJesus, the other missing child yeah. we're looking for. So she did. Officer Espada said he knew right away it was her before she even said her name because mm -hmm. he had been on the like the case so closely. Yeah. So he just replied and said that they had been looking for her for a very long time. And I can't even imagine, like, how Gina must have felt in that moment of, like, hearing that like yeah you've been looking for me like holy yeah. fuck like she obviously they were able to watch the news and saw that yes people were looking for you but it probably yeah. just feels so confirming and like validating michelle talks about this moment where the four of them were in the back of the ambulance immediately after being like rescued from the house and they were obviously being taken to the hospital for like assessment oh and my gosh yeah care which is just like they would need so much care. Like, like oh my gosh. It's overwhelming. Physically, mentally. Like, All of it. And like, at least with the documentary, like their initial reactions, again, I have no idea how these women pull their shit together so strongly because like, they all like, I don't know, went through this like smoothly. <laughs> They're like hospital time. They just were like, okay, we're here. We're just going to get like our care and then we get to go home. And it was like, they spent a few days there, but it's just like, Fuck. I would just be like insane. Like I would be like in inconsolable. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, incredible. Wow. So, but she's talking about this moment where they're in the back of the car and Amanda just like reached out her hand and said, we're finally going home. And they all just like held hands like, yes. And Jocelyn's in there too. Like they're just like, we're going. And mm -hmm. Jocelyn must be so confused. Like, oh yeah. Oh my gosh. She probably doesn't really have any idea what's going on. Yeah. Um. So they got to the hospital and, like, as they're, like, arriving, like, the entire city was, like, there and in, like, an uproar. Like, you can see this in the documentary. Like, people had, like, signs outside of the hospital, like, freaking the fuck out. Like, it had immediately blew up all over the local news. Like, crowds were flooding the doors. Like, yeah. everyone wanted to just, like, see them. Mm -hmm. Like, just get a glimpse. Like, they're they're okay, you know? Mm -hmm. Amanda's aunt recounts just standing in the hospital emerge center hugging amanda constantly this is one of the photos i've shown like that's who's with amanda in the image and then jocelyn in the hospital bed and um, amanda's aunt said that she, like the police doctors nurses everyone that was like inside of the hospital just like lined up across the room just watching them and giving them like their space to embrace each other and just like stepped back and she said it was just like such a powerful moment just like having like this entire busy room like fall to silence yeah and just like have us like embrace yeah after so long it's like nuts it would probably feel very surreal yeah yeah like you're in a dream or something yeah like i can't even imagine what would be going through your head at this point um i said in the previous parts that i'd get back to amanda's mother and this is like where we're going to talk about her now and she's the reason why I keep highly, highly recommending watching the documentary because it's, like, heavily based on, like, Luana's experience, which is Amanda's mother. Okay. And also Gina's parents, too. Like, mm. but a lot of it is, like, Amanda, Amanda's mom, and then she kind of, like, meets Gina's parents and they fight the fight together. Right. Anyway, so. um, Where did I go? Oh, she had, like early on in the investigations like trying to find them she had created like a really serious strong contact with a journalist at the local news station he's in the documentary the entire time 
go watch that if you want more information on him. Mm -hmm. This is about the girls right now. <laughs> but so she had created a really serious like contact with the journalist. Um, and he was like the one that Luana would contact every single day to remind him to put Amanda's picture on the news. Whenever there was any kind of like leads, mm -hmm. he, she would contact him and vice versa. Um, one day the FBI had like become involved obviously in the search like when they confirmed that it is a kidnapping yeah this happened after um ariel had called luana off of amanda's phone if you remember from i think part two right that's right. when the fbi got involved because okay. as soon as it's like kind of confirmed that it's a kidnapping, kidnapping that's usually when the fbi is like we're on it now mm -hmm. so they had come over and so she snuck her news contact over this guy they talk about it in the documentary wow she, she, like hid him in her room i'm pretty sure like <laughs> under the bed like it was like a covert operation oh my gosh i know they they joke about it like it was just like something you'd only see in criminal minds this yeah. is this is why this case is like mind-blowing because like from every angle it's just like what the fuck this is a, this is wow something you write you're also like, ballsy <laughs> like you're trying to like sneak someone right? in on a meeting with the fbi i know wow okay but this this woman's like tenacity to get yeah. her daughter back was like i don't give a fuck i'll do anything oh yeah, yeah that's that's yeah just she's like i don't care throw me in yeah. jail i'm fucking i'll do it yeah like, <laughs> like, like this woman's bad ass so she sneaks <laughs> sneaks him in and um oh hang on where oh yeah there we go and uh she takes this list of like suspect names that the FBI had like do you recognize any of these names like this is who we're interested in like mm -hmm. they can't be like oh this is who we're looking at specifically like yeah. they can never do that but she had like a list of information so like while conversation carried on like as I, I think there was two agents and then I want to say Luana's sister I might have to correct myself on that later but mm -hmm. Luana was able to like sneak the paper out of the room and go where her news contact was hiding and he was like, I don't have anything to write it down. Like, I, I need, like, a picture or, like, something to, like, take this mm -hmm. information. So he quickly just, like, wrote down, like, what he could take off of the list yeah. so that they could do their own investigation. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yep. I'm assuming. And they did. They go and continue investigating they, based off of what like they. Like, suspects. I'm assuming Ariel was I can't on that list. I can't remember now. I, mean, I think he was. I believe okay. he was because he okay. had, like, previous, like, in interactions with the police and stuff. But. Uh -huh. Yeah. So the documentary is like heavily based on the search for, for the girls and like the love and the support that they received from like the community. Mm -hmm. So that's the angle that the documentary takes is yeah. like the search. And so if I, if we were going to cover like all of that, this would have been like eight parts. Yeah, for sure. So that's why I'm like only glossing over like these points. But anyways, we're continuing. We're moving on. It, it was just, like, incredible to see the strength of, like, all of the family members because they come together mm -hmm. in the documentary. Like, they start having dinners together and, like, I don't know, confiding in one another because, I don't know, they're just this, the only like, people that understand experience. one another. Yeah. It's it's beautiful but tragic. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So Luana, who was Amanda's mother, she had passed away during Amanda's captivity. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, everyone has, like, in the documentary and everything it was she passed away i think from like heart complicate complications i she, she either had a heart attack i can't remember exactly i should have wrote this down um but everyone swears that it was a broken heart that oh. got her because her fight so... was endless oh that's so sad i know um amanda had found out about this in captivity because it, it was on the news because luana oh. was always on the news yeah looking for her daughter constantly showing up whenever she could show her face on the news this is my daughter she was on it all the time so they did cover luana's death mm. on the news um and it was michelle and gina who had like comforted amanda through it told her the news and just was like this is what has happened and they did support her through it mm. i still can't imagine like that being something that's simple to go through when you're already in, in such a captivity. horrible place yeah oh my gosh that would have been horrible yeah so while amanda's in the hospital embracing her aunt and jocelyn and getting the care they need let's move to gina so gina's parents were there embracing gina gina's sister was there they talk a lot on the documentary as well like um, gina's father just keeps being like i couldn't even believe i was like looking at her mm -hmm. like it's just mm -hmm. like i can't believe this so after their, like, stay in the hospital, I think it was, like, a couple of days, um, both Amanda and Gina got these, like, 
extravagant, almost pageant-like arrivals home. Like it was really heartwarming to watch. Like there was like balloons everywhere, the whole city cheering their names and essentially just like giving them like a red carpet return home. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine how overwhelming that probably felt for the girls. Like they definitely never talk about that in any like yeah. interviews I've seen but like I can only imagine that that was probably like almost scary to see <laughs> like it would be yeah. too much but it's it's a lot of support which is lovely, lovely. but like yeah it probably would have felt like a yeah. lot at the time yeah so my hope is that it was just like a good overwhelming yeah. feeling like yeah, I just because sure. they do deserve like these grand arrivals like yeah but it it must have just felt really nice to after all this time be reminded that you're actually like loved and that you were like missed you know by everyone after spending so many years being treated less than a human mm -hmm. so they like you can see the videos of them like arriving home like it's it's a parade like yeah. it's theatrics the unfortunate part of this is that michelle didn't necessarily get that same level of homecoming yeah that's the, what i'm thinking about through this whole thing i'm like what is michelle yeah going through we're, we're covering that now oh. That isn't to say she didn't get anything. Once her name hit the news, like people were like, oh, yeah, Michelle. Like I said, like people did miss her. Mm -hmm. It just took a while for people to catch on. And this is the problem with like people being deemed as like transient or yeah. whatever is like, unfortunately, it wasn't like as urgent of a we need to find Michelle. So but she did still get a little bit. Um, she she was elated and shocked to see that there were flowers and balloons sent to her room in the hospital. Uh, Eddie and Freddie, her younger brothers, they came to visit her. Aww. Yeah. And after all the chaos, like, of that first day, Michelle actually said she, like, didn't want any visitors anymore. Like, she was going through it too hard. Uh, uh, yeah, that's fair. I feel like it just, like, hit her the hardest. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so she said she wanted to be alone for the night and just, like, start her processing. That's, in her words, she wanted to just start her processing. Michelle's lawyer had found an assisted living home for her to stay in um, after her hospital stay because she didn't have like have a home, a family home yeah. to just return to. So while she's in the hospital, this is when Michelle finds out that, yes, her mom was looking for her for a bit. She had talked to police and was reported missing. But the police department, especially in the documentary, they claim that they did drop the ball, which I'm glad they admit. But yeah. They had closed her case because it didn't seem extreme. They had told Michelle's mom to like, okay, we'll keep looking around for her for a bit um, and then just like check back up. After that initial report, since Michelle's mom didn't come back to check back up, they had dropped the case thinking it must have not been urgent. This here was and is the crack in the justice system. Mm -hmm. Like there needs to be, it can't just be like an assumption where you just close a case because you haven't heard. Or Even, because the family doesn't seem concerned. Concerned. If the family doesn't seem concerned, it might be because she came from a broken family. Yeah. Like it doesn't necessarily mean that she's not still missing. Yeah. And and I I didn't put it in here, but something I had read like on Michelle's like last couple of pages is Michelle's mother actually tried to kind of like what's not defamation, uh dis dispel michelle's story of her upbringing like dispute it dispute it that's the word okay. um she goes to tell news that i don't know what michelle's talking about she had a fantastic upbringing we're a loving home oh uh he must have manipulated her into believing that she had a bad childhood that mm. is so false like that's, i'm i'm just i'm gonna come out and say how, it that's yeah, false that that's is a really fucking lie works. yeah um like, this is because like michelle goes on to get questioned as to like why she um didn't want to see her mom after mm. so yeah so that that's kind of what happened so they do admit that they dropped the case they said that there was communication that was mishandled that could have been life-saving this could have potentially saved michelle from going through years of trauma and it could have potentially saved amanda and gina absolutely had yeah. they just looked Stuck a little harder her. yeah because that's she's where it all started yeah so now the police obviously after finding the women in his house in this condition they're like we are now looking for ariel castro of this course is who we're looking for yeah so they tracked him down to <laughs> a mcdonald's parking lot are you joking i'm not joking i'm not joking i wonder yeah i wonder if he was just like you know what it's all over i'm just gonna get myself some dons like yeah 
You I know? don't think like, I don't think he knew. You don't think he knew? He realized at all? I don't think all. he realized in that moment. I think he just like accidentally fucking forgot some doors unlocked. Was a dumb idiot. So do you know how fast it was? Like that they had gone I'm not and sure. got him. I think okay. it was like a pretty quick. Turnaround. But it was like in the same day. Same day. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. So which like, sorry, McDonald's, as much as we love you, this isn't really hot for your branding. Yeah. <laughs> no. No. You got to talk to not the PR clientele you want to be advertising. <laughs> Ariel was with one of his brothers, O'Neill, at, um, at the time. So they arrested both of them. Mm. To, for questioning thinking like maybe they're in, on this together yeah yeah you wouldn't it, know at this point good yeah it's not yeah you don't just assume the other one's fine like mm-hmm. so they bought brought both of the brothers in and then they also brought in um the third brother pedro because they were like maybe this is like a conspiracy of them like working together there's three girls mm-hmm. he's got two brothers like yeah we're just gonna bring them all in for questioning of course um a few days later ariel's brothers were released as they couldn't connect them at all to the kidnappings or anything along those lines which was well, great and i would imagine eventually the girls would be like no it was just this guy yeah. that we saw right the, the, like, yeah yeah i don't think they went into too much questioning with the girls right mm-hmm. off the bat but mm-hmm. yeah that it was kind of like it unfolded There's, yeah they were like the brothers had nothing to do with this yeah. they are later like questioned and stuff like interviews and stuff like did they did you know anything suspicious that kind of thing so now let's get to ariel's interrogation the detective interviewed in the documentary like makes it clear that he wanted to make sure ariel said the words that he took the girls and held them against their will and took control of them like he wanted ariel to like admit this yeah like you need to be held accountable for your actions but we need to hear you say these words Mm -hmm. his response when asked this like what happened kind of thing he says bottom line is with these girls you know i treated them well you know i didn't force myself on them i just had my way of you know convincing them and the officer replies convincing them to have sex with you and he like shrugs and says okay and that's like how that went yeah uh oh okay yeah um no i know like (laughs) yeah he's like completely... we've yeah like we've talked about it's hard to know like what his reality is in all of this like yeah. what he truly believes or what he's lying about or trying to manipulate his way out of yeah like, I, I i don't even have words yeah <laughs> ultimately he was charged with this is the list it's a long list <clears throat> good. <laughs> good yeah it's probably well, not long enough <laughs> well because like the initial charges michelle even notes it was like something like four counts of rape and two counts of something else and she was like that's it yeah and then like the subsequent charges came out and she she even says like that's more like it after yeah. reading this list absolutely so, <laughs> it's just nice being like yeah yeah she was like no that makes more sense yeah so and there's one that i want to specifically talk about at the end so the first is 512 counts of kidnapping 446 counts of rape, seven counts of gross sexual imposition, six counts of felonious assault, three counts of child endangerment, two counts of aggravated murder. This is for the forced terminations of pregnancies on Michelle that they were able to prove. Mm -hmm. One count of possession of criminal tools. So like guns and machinery. Wow. He was sentenced to a thousand years to life in prison with 30 days of his within 30 days of his incarceration he took his own life Ugh. and hung himself in his cell how who gave him a rope i don't fucking know <sighs> yeah that's infuriating yeah um yeah both like all the girls say like that they they feel he took the coward's way out of course yeah of course. which like i do want to know surprised here. Yeah. i mean like he's a coward yes like yeah. I, not that we think suicide is cowardly in anybody that experiences no, depression no 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 of but course not. this is different Th- that's different he this wouldn't have killed him. himself if he wasn't imprisoned yes that's, that's different than being depressed yeah. like this is him yeah. trying to take the easy ticket out of a situation yeah because the alternative yeah. is spending the rest of your life in jail being tortured being tortured <laughs> being like tortured. you tortured these girls yeah yeah um for for gina like come we're coming to like the trial here um she wasn't able to speak publicly yet mm-hmm. at the trial so her cousin uh sylvia uh cologne cologne is that how we were going with yeah that? yeah um gave a comment in the trial on gina's behalf because she just like wasn't ready to speak publicly and and face him in court i do not blame I her yeah i don't do blame not blame her. her no amanda was also in no place 
to be speaking publicly at the trial at this point. So her sister, Beth Serrano, spoke on her behalf. Mm-hmm. Michelle chose to speak at the trial because she believed that this would be for herself the start of her healing process. And I do want to read out her statement to the that she made to the court because I feel it's important to share her words. So this is an excerpt from her book. Good afternoon. My name is Michelle Knight, and I would like to tell you what this was like for me. I missed my son every day. I wondered if I was ever going to see him again. He was only two and a half years old when I was taken. I look inside my heart and I see my son. I cried every single night. I was so alone. I was worried about what would happen to me and the other girls every day. Days never got shorter. Days turned into nights. Nights turned into days. The years turned into eternity. I knew nobody cared about me. He told me that my family didn't care even on holidays. Christmas was the most traumatic day because I never got to spend it with my son. Nobody should ever have to go through what I went through or anybody else, not even the worst of enemies. Gina was my teammate. She never let me fall, and I never let her fall. She nursed me back to health when I was dying from his abuse. My friendship with her is the only thing that was good out of this situation. We said we would someday make it out alive, and we did. Ariel Castro, I remember all the times that you came home talking about what everybody else did wrong and and act like you wasn't doing the same thing. You said, at least I didn't kill you, but you took 11 years of my life away and I have got it back. I spent 11 years in hell, and now your hell is just beginning. I will overcome all of this that happened, but you will face hell for eternity from this moment on. I will not let you define me or affect who I am. I will live on. You will die a little every day. As you think about the 11 years and atrocities you inflicted on us, what does God think of you hypocritically going to church every Sunday, coming home to torture us? The death penalty would be so much easier. You don't deserve that. You deserve to spend life in prison. I can forgive you, but I will never forget. With the guidance of God, I will prevail and help others that suffered at the hands of others. Writing this statement gave me the strength to be a stronger woman and know that there's good. There is more good than evil. I know that there are a lot of people going through hard times, but we need to reach out a hand and hold them and let them know that they're they're being heard. After 11 years, I am finally being heard, and it's liberating. Thank you all. I love you. God bless you. I can't imagine how difficult that was to read, knowing he's right there to your side. Yeah. This girl has cojones. Like, she's... She's also so much better than, like, everybody else in this world. Like, what a good person. She could have said she could have said she so could have yeah. ripped him apart and nobody would have done anything. Oh, no, that's no, the thing. like everyone would been like, you deserve this, this girl- chance. And she was that's like she rose above. That's all I can say is like she rose above him. She didn't sink to his level. Nope. This girl lives on the high road. Oh, my God. And will never come down off of it. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, Yeah. I I wanted to read that specifically because that's like her freedom statement. Yeah. And it just felt important to share. Like this is it's empowering. Yeah. F- Jesus Christ. Yeah. So, let's get into like the the good aftermath. We're getting into the good. This is the positive, mm. the the light at the end of the tunnel that we were waiting for all of the parts. Yeah. <laughs> so, let's talk about Gina. Gina has made it a mission to look out for other kidnapping victims. Uh, she joined the Northeast Ohio Amber Alert Committee, which has been designed to help communities come together to look for missing children immediately after they get abducted, mm-hmm. like the, in the first crucial moments. Mm-hmm. Um, She has founded the Cleveland Family Center for Missing Children and Adults and helps families navigate the media with family members of missing people in the Mm -hmm. hopes that, like these girls, the missing people could see messages being sent to them. Yeah. So the hope is to kind of be like, the missing person you're looking for, you have to speak to them. Like, they're they're still here. We're going to talk to them. So it's incredible that she was able to, like, fund something like that and just yeah put some good into the world like they all do like i'm about to list all of the incredible things 
Um, Amanda went on to join the Fox 8 News that covers the Northeast Ohio area with like her own news spot called Missing with Amanda Berry. She's actively working towards helping find other missing persons. She's raising her daughter in a happy, loving home. And she's doing things. Her and Gina co-authored a book together called Hope. Um, I'll link that as well. Mm-hmm. I did not have a chance to read it. Obviously, this yeah. is heavy content, but I do recommend it because they poured their hearts into it. And like we've been saying this whole time, these women's voices need to be fucking heard. Mm-hmm. So Michelle has publicly changed her name to Lily Rose Lee. Um, I think she just wanted like a refresh and start like a new birth for herself Mm -hmm. um she went on to write her book titled finding me that i got majority of my information from for this case i'll again link that in the show notes um oh michelle went on to marry a man named miguel who she wound up meeting through mutual friends she loves to cook she's done amazing things she's like living her fucking life you can see her on Instagram. Like I was scrolling through her pictures last yeah. night. She has done so many cool things. Like you, I know you said you, I think you said you saw her on Dr. Phil. No, oh, that no, was a no. Different case. I was talking about somebody else, but I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if they have been on Dr. Oh, she, Phil. She yeah. was on Dr. Phil. Okay. Right? I, can't, I can't remember if Gina and Amanda were on Dr. Phil, okay. if it was just Amanda. The girls have taken some time apart from one another like i know gina and amanda are still very close Mm -hmm. and keep in a lot of contact but michelle has said that she has kind of had to take like a step back Mm -hmm. in order for her healing journey they're still like very much a unit and love each other and support each other but like in contact but yeah yeah. but michelle's had to kind of for her own like ability to move forward she has had to stay take like a little step back from them mm-hmm. but go on and like kind of like live like build her own life yes right? yeah. like start a new identity which like yeah. i understand i would understand I any way that someone would have to cope with that like oh, i can't yeah. I, understand I can't look at someone like that and be like oh that doesn't make wrong. sense to me <laughs> yeah you're doing I've, it wrong <laughs> i have not been through it so no. if you're like i need to take a step back from like these girls who like i love and we went through something really traumatic together but but physically yeah. maybe being around them in a time when you're trying to heal might pull you back into that yeah right or someone else might be like i want to be around them because like they're how i got through it like either way right like there's no wrong way to heal from that no no they're doing they're doing it right on all accounts in my books yeah um so i just want to do a joey update yeah that's that's what i'm thinking about yeah um it's it's good and bad we'll get to it but it to me it makes sense so let's go into it with this is what makes sense for the families. So um, when Michelle was first in the hospital, this was obviously her first question. Like, yeah, yeah. Where can I see Joey? Um, her lawyer told her that Joey had been officially adopted by a really, really nice uh, foster family when he was about four years old. Michelle had asked if she could ever see him again. Like, can I just see him? Like, that's fine that he's been adopted. I just, like, I need to see him. Yeah. So her lawyer said that they would try to figure something out and her lawyer did work tirelessly to try and figure something out. Um, However, the foster family and Michelle had come to the conclusion that at this point in time, introducing Michelle to Joey could be very catastrophic for his development. Keep in mind, he's like early teens at this point. I know, I'm thinking like if he was two and a half and then she was gone for 11 years. So he'd be like almost 14 or somewhere around there. Yeah, still... A child. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's barely a teenager. Like, I I wholeheartedly support this decision. Like, I know some people listening are probably like, oh, no, that's her child. Like, it's it's a gray area that has never been seen before. I think it's – yeah, I think you – they're doing the right thing by putting Joey first Mm -hmm. and thinking about him. Yeah. But it inevitably feels so unfair just in one of those like yeah. life situations where you're like it has to happen this way but it's so fucking unfair it is. yeah it's not a decision you want to <sighs> yeah yeah um it, like it it was heavily noted that this was not an easy decision to make on either mm-hmm. end like the foster parents really struggled because they they do strongly obviously empathize with michelle and everything like yeah like this wasn't you you didn't choose yes. to abandon your son like yes. you were doing everything possible to get him to, to create a life for him and exactly. you were just abducted yeah and so i i do i do really respect the foster parents well his now real like adoptive parents mm-hmm. for like continuously defending him 
-hmm. Like that couldn't have been easy to be like, no, you can't see. Yeah. Yeah. But they just, it's just nice to know that there are parents that are like, you know what, for his own mental health and development, like it's not a no forever. It it, it wasn't a no forever. It's just like right now through his like developing years, we should hold off. So yeah, for this time, it's a no. I don't know if maybe now or later on down the road, they're going to see each other again, but yeah, I wonder, like, I guess I'm, I, I don't think you have answers to these questions. I'm just wondering about, like, would he have, would he have any idea? Um, She talks about how she's not sure if, like, his name is even still Joey. Right. Um, if, like, he's seen the news and connected any dots on his own. Because, like, how would you? Like, it yeah. would be, that's why I'm wondering, because if you were, like, two and a half and this happened to your mom and then you were adopted by these people that are now, you're looking at them as yeah. your parents. And, like, I, you yeah. wouldn't. I don't know if I would make the connection to some person on the news being like, oh, that's my mom. Yeah. Like, there would be no reason oh, for you to think that, Oh, that's just a crazy that, right? story. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, unless for whatever reason the adoptive parents were like, this is when you were adopted and this is the general area you're from and, like, gave him information. And then maybe he was, like, starting to piece together timelines and foggy memories. But any memory prior to four wouldn't be something he could rely on anyways. No, no. So like, I mean, if if he did somehow miraculously put that together, then he really did inherit his mother's genes and he's just like out of this fucking world. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> but like, I don't know. So yeah, um, Michelle had just asked if she could pass along a letter to his adoptive parents. Um, the FBI agent had like agreed to deliver one. And I'd like to share just like part of the note that she left for the new parents. So I'm going to read that now. Let me just get to my page here. I figured it would be easier to just open my book instead of what I was trying to do last night and type it all out for some reason. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I've done that before too where I'm like, why am I typing all this out? Why am I doing this? Okay, so her letter reads, to whom it may concern. Thank you for watching over my son while I was gone. It gives me peace of mind knowing my son has been in good hands during the 11 years when I was hostage. I thought of him often and dreamed about what he looked like as a toddler, his first steps, his first words, his first day of school, his likes and dislikes, and how his personality was developing. Developing. I wondered if he liked to sing like me, whether he was shy or talkative, and what he liked to play with. As years passed, I wonder if he liked baseball or football. I wish I had a photo of him. I would be so appreciative if you could find it in your heart to send me a picture of my son as a baby and a, a little boy. I know you will always be his parents and that won't change. I won't try to take him away. I am just hoping that you can help me fill the hole in my heart with whatever photos or stories you are willing to share with me. Aww. The family then returned to her a bunch of photos of Joey that she now cherishes every single day. She says she lays them out on her kitchen counter every morning and just like still talks to him and has that bond with him. She still hopes that one day she'll be able to see him and hug him again, but she does not want to interrupt his life. Michelle talks about how she missed out on so many major world events too. Yeah. And this was a serious struggle for her, like events in pop culture that she just felt strange hearing about them, like in brief clips on the radio and then coming out and talking about them with real people. Yeah. Like she she talked about like Hurricane Katrina and yeah. Michael Jackson's death and like all of these things that were like major news that like we just know about. Well, yeah. And we're like well versed on it. But she was like, I just like heard like a passing news clip, but it, we didn't talk about that stuff. Like, yeah. So she's just like trying to piece together this life that like she could have had. It's just listening to her talk about this is like, oh my God. So getting her into like today's mentality it was just like a journey in its own Mm -hmm. now michelle loves going out dancing enjoying music and just being able to move freely around she says that she loves dancing and like going out and like doing that absolutely because it feels so free for her to be able to move her feet without a heavy chain on it yeah like she just feels so light forget that feeling and be like so appreciative of like movement yeah yeah so she loves it in 2013, she fulfilled one of her biggest dreams, and she went to Disneyland. Oh, my gosh. I know. Nice. I, know. I read that. I was like, you fucking get you it. Know. I haven't even been to Disneyland. Yeah. Heck, yeah. Yeah, she went when she was, uh, like, 
flying out to do the Dr. Phil show. Oh, yes. Yes. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, like in the documentary, she talks about how she loves working on something that's called art to heal. And this is where she paints um, or draws uh, like a like a picture or drawing of how she feels that day. So she has all of these beautiful paintings that she was showing, like sunsets, like waterfalls, flowers. Like she's a talented artist. So someone who's just like born with like deep rooted optimism yeah. inside of her. Oh yeah. We need to, we need to <sighs> like, mutate What did you her say? Genes. You were like, bottle that and whatever. We're going to you... bottle it and sell it. Like that's what <laughs> like, I oh. oh my gosh. Like, wow. Whatever she's just got, some... inject it. I need it. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, she did. Uh, yeah, she started a nonprofit. I fucking forgot to enter the name. I'll update the show notes and put it in there. But she started a nonprofit that travels around the world helping women of abuse transition their lives to freedom. Wow. The house on 2207 Seymour Ave was demolished on August 7th in, ni- in 2013. And that is the closing of this case. Wow. Yeah. That was a journey. Yeah. That was a fucking journey. Yeah. So how do you feel oh. <laughs> now that I can finally fucking like step I out know. of the darkness? And like- I'm like, <laughs> obviously we, yeah, we knew, we knew going into it, they survived. So, but again, it doesn't but make it, it easier. It doesn't, it, it feel, even when you were telling it, when like Amanda's like banging on the door and then like, cause you in my head, it. I'm like this, maybe this isn't it. Like I was like, I feel like I'm like in that headspace where I'm like, no, maybe no, he comes home and it, this got isn't another the cliffhanger. <laughs> it's like, it's going to be like another, it's going to be another year later yeah. or something. I mean, and then when she's outside, when you're telling me that she's outside and they're calling the police, I, that's why I said it, it must've felt so surreal. Cause it, it felt surreal for me listening to it oh, where yeah. I'm like, is it, did that, did it really happen that yeah. way? Like, and I feel too, like the reason why, even in the documentary and in like her book, like why it, it's like a really short chapter. It's not as like dragged out and detailed as some of like the abuse they endured because yeah. it probably was like a whirlwind where they were just like, well, I don't know. I heard a bang and then all of a sudden I was in the fucking hospital. Like, it probably it felt probably so just fast snapped. though because uh, like Michelle said in her statement, the days did not get shorter. Like the days probably felt so long. Yeah. So if all of this from the time when Amanda went down the stairs to then the time that they're at the hospital, if that was like an hour, that would yeah. have felt like a blink. You know, yeah. where they're like, oh, my God, like where that happens so quickly. Yeah. Because when you're used to just staring at the same fucking wall all day, all long, day long. Yeah. 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 I mean, it probably like would have been. Yeah. It probably would have felt so like just so much stimulus. Overwhelming. Too. Yeah. And like, obviously, this pales in comparison. But like, if anyone is trying to like figure out what that feels like, we we all collectively just like went through the pandemic where everyone was at home for an extremely extended amount of time. And we all kind of went through that like shift of like once we were allowed to start seeing people again, I had this conversation with like you even like yeah. so many people where all of a sudden being in social settings again was like shocking. Yeah. And anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I would get again, anxiety sometimes. in comparison. Of course. But, like, of course. But like the smallest like um comparison we can make yeah. is like if anyone experienced that where it's like why am i anxious to go see my own friends yeah right and they would be experiencing this on like times a million on where a galactic it's like scale because they haven't interacted with yeah. anybody other than this man yep. and sometimes each other but and they were but yeah. amanda was separated for most of it yeah so like that would be yeah i think like, it would probably just be a, a shock they'd it, probably be in some sort of state of shock for yeah like a period of time. i i i do know they have like mental health resources that have helped them through this like they're yeah you know yeah you would heavily seeking and i'm therapy. thinking about like, mental health resources where like you would be used to helping people of abuse and people of like going through traumatic things of course yeah. But think about the people that worked with these girls being like, I don't know if I've ever really dealt with something oh, like this before. No. If I if I was in that field, I feel like I'd be I like, feel can like you I take me be, off this case? Yeah, I feel I, like I'd be nervous. I I'd be like, I don't know if I can help. Can like, they support how do I help me through them? hearing this? Like, yeah, it's, it's um, just... It's like a in, true testament to like, I don't know. I can't even fucking how powerful humans can be. Yeah, and just like the will to stay alive. Because yeah. like even when you were saying about how they were like writing in their journals and stuff and 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 i'm thinking and i'm so glad of course that they were able to like help each other through it so much to the point where they didn't do something like this but i'm sure they must have thought about it at some point but i'm like could you if they had a pencil or a pen like 
it wouldn't have been surprising to me if someone was like, what if I just killed myself though? Oh yeah. And they, they do talk about that a lot where they all yeah. just like wanted to die. But of like, course. They all had their things that were like, no, I have to live for, for Luana, my mother. I have to live for yeah. Joey. I have to live for my parents. Like yeah. they all went through it. Like they all kept reminding themselves that there is something yeah. and someone on the other side. Yeah. I and think that's, yeah. that that to me is like one of the most incredible parts about it is that like yeah yeah just the perseverance through yes. some through something so horrible day after day yeah I I don't um, know how they do it and coming out and and wanting to help people and wanting to like yeah <laughs> enjoy life and like yeah still be a good person and right believe that there is good in the world like in Michelle's statement like I believe that there's more good than evil yeah after would you experienced eleven years with pure hell. evil like and that's what I don't understand is like I'm someone who believes the opposite of Michelle because I sit here and tell stories like this with you mm-hmm. where here I am like no 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 hell is this is earth this, yeah like there's hell. just like yeah, yeah. like is there more you're good living or evil? In, well i girl, don't know you're living in la la land because there is not more good here <laughs> yeah so that's yeah. that's it's so powerful yeah and yeah and and i'm glad i'm glad that they were able to come through it yeah. um come out the other side and be okay and mm-hmm. make make a life for themselves yeah i just yeah good for them yeah, so I'm sorry these last four parts didn't have as much of the comedy aspect that we usually no. tie in. <laughs> but you know what? We're going to have ones like these where, you know what? They're all going to be like this. Like when we talk about victims, they need to be fucking honored. Like yeah. too often do we hear podcasts and shows not properly honor the people that go through these things. It is really easy for us to sit here and make fun of, you know, the criminals because mm-hmm. fuck them. Well, yeah of course like we, we hate them yeah we hate them they <laughs> they stink like poo poo yeah so but it's just ariel probably did smell well, like shit yeah if you want to know exactly what he smelled like again please read michelle's book because oh. she just paints the most visceral image of his smell i forgot about that too like i know we like talked, talked about, about a lot in the first episode yeah and then oh. as we've gone through it i feel like i've forgotten that like through all of this on top of it he probably just smelled like vermin and yeah. like <laughs> well and that's that's the grossest thing like you just like, get the ugh. fuck away you're smelly where it's like you have the power to like take a shower and you don't yeah you're you're like actively... these girls are locked in a room so they, they, they don't can't have a choice. they yeah. don't have a choice but you yeah. have a choice and you yeah. choose not to. You, and you choose to not <laughs> like, clean yourself you're like, and you're a bad person <laughs> what the fuck <laughs> like you can't be both <laughs> yeah yeah i don't even know how to like wrap this one up I can't. <laughs> we're, we're just gonna wrap we're it up. Gonna, it's wrapped. It's wrapped. I just hope we did these women justice. And I if think the, you did. If, you did an incredible job. Um, God, if we me- if I messed anything up, please email me. I will correct myself. <laughs> I know. I I am always like I'm not gonna correct myself. Fuck it. I do what I want. But on this case, I will. If I fuck something up, let me know. <laughs> That's all. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't know. But I think. Um, yeah, you did a really good job sharing yeah. their stories and going so in depth in like their experiences and their feelings their personal perspectives right thank you i yeah yeah so i think going forward everyone needs to be fucking as cool as amanda berry gina de jesus and michelle knight those should be your daily role models closing it up drop the mic (laughs) (laughs) if you're looking for new role models it's them here we go we found them for you (laughs) so on that note sign up to be super cool and join our cult of extremely awesome people who love true crime at www.patreon.com slash how to not get killed and if you ever want to chat and connect with us you can send us an email to how to not get killed at gmail.com or you can dm us or comment on our posts on instagram at how to not get killed And you can follow us on Twitter at H2NGK. And you can also check out our website and shop our merch at www.howtonotgetkilled.com. Thank you for listening to this really long multi-parter. Thanks, guys. Thanks for sticking with us. Enduring this with us. And keep it sleazy. See ya. Okay, bye.